Welcome to the Work Camper Show, a podcast devoted to helping you discover how to finance your RV travel dreams. I'm Steve Anderson, the president of Work Camper News. Each one of our episodes will either introduce you to people who are already living the RV lifestyle or to opportunities to work short-term jobs. You'll also learn how to hit the road the right way and make the most of every opportunity. Now let's turn over today's show to your host, Greg Gerber. Thank you, Steve. Today I'll be talking with an RVer who makes a living as a public speaker and describes himself as a freedom lifestyle entrepreneur as well as a philanthropic adventure traveler. Today's episode is sponsored by Work Camper News. With its diamond and platinum membership tools, Work Camper News is much more than just a job listing website. When you put the tools of this professional service into action, you'll find out just how easy it can be to turn your work camping dreams into reality. The one-year memberships open the door to a one-stop shop for all things work camping. Being the original resource for work camping, you'll find the largest number of job listings, be able to connect with the community of work campers, and view resources compiled by experts who've been enjoying the RV lifestyle for many years. If you're serious about leading a successful and enjoyable work camping lifestyle, then a Diamond or Platinum membership is for you. You can even get started with a free 30-day trial by visiting www.workcamper.com forward slash trial. Embark on new adventures today with the support of Work Camper News behind you. Clinton Young is a public speaker who addresses people around the country on the topic of having courage to live their dream life by overcoming doubt and fear to do some really big things. He is also a certified pickleball coach. Best of all, he operates his business from a 36-foot Holiday Rambler motorhome. His wife is also an entrepreneur who operates a CPA Moms franchise. That means they can both work wherever they'd like, whether it's in their sticks and bricks home in San Diego or in their RV. Clinton considers himself to be a freedom lifestyle entrepreneur. He encourages others to seek a better life that offers more flexibility, but by doing something that makes them come alive. Too many people are prisoners of their own self-limiting beliefs. What they need is courage to come alive again and move out of their comfort zones to alter circumstances so they align in their favor. For example, people who want to travel and have jobs that could be done remotely simply need courage to ask their bosses to work from home, which means they could work anywhere, including from an RV. Then they have a job that gives them purpose and a lifestyle of freedom that helps them come alive. Clinton shares a story about speaking at a conference in 2008 when someone told him he sounded dead inside. That moment helped him realize that the pilot light inside his spirit was barely flickering. From that point, he started taking steps to reignite his human spirit and teaching others to do the same. One thing Clinton really enjoys is pickleball, a sport to which he says he's addicted. One of his new life purposes is to sponsor pickleball tournaments while traveling to raise money and awareness for local charitable organizations. Doing so allows him to become a philanthropic adventure traveler. To tell us more about his business, lifestyle choices, and travel experiences, please welcome motivational speaker and RVer Clinton Young to the show. Thanks for joining me today, Clinton. I really appreciate the time. Tell us a little bit about who you are and where you are right now. All right, Greg, thank you so much for having me. So uh, yeah, my name is Clinton Young and I am currently in Desert Hot Springs, California. Uh, I am a courage speaker. I speak, I had the fortunate opportunity to speak all around the world 
on uh, really hoping to inspire courage for folks to live their dream life and to overcome the, the doubt and the fear and the concern that is natural in all of us when we try to do big things or we intend to do big things in life. And beyond that, I'm also a certified uh, PPR pickleball coach. Uh, it's one of my favorite things in the world, which I know you will probably talk about later, potentially. Mm -hmm. uh, and I also coach uh, other entrepreneurs on speaking. Very good. Well, that so, should keep you busy. Yeah, absolutely. And currently, like I said, we're, uh, we're actually at Sky Valley Resort in Desert Hot Springs, and we are uh, jumping off on a 12-month journey here in our 36-foot Holiday Rambler, lovingly and affectionately known as Lady Holiday, <laughs> uh, my wife and I. So, so yeah, I'm sure we'll talk more about that as well. Absolutely. So 36 foot, that's an ideal size for a couple, really. Why yeah. Do, yeah, why yeah do, my wife said when we, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, why'd you pick on our uh, motorhome? So my wife and I were looking at opportunities to obviously see the country, right? Have more freedom and more adventure in our lives. And we literally were going to go either a van conversion type van, really, really nice, uh, all done up. You am sure you've seen many out there mm -hmm. uh, or the complete opposite end of the spectrum of having a class A motorhome. And I know that sounds odd. Like that doesn't even seem like they're in the same ballpark, which they're really not obviously. Um, but my wife decided and, and, and really drove the, the idea that she needed more space. <laughs> yes, There's obviously pros and cons to, to both. Uh, we love the, uh, and of course we wouldn't know unless we, we bought one and lived in it for a while as far as a van. Uh, but we love the idea of a smaller van giving us the, the agility, if you will, to stop off in places and, and really to go more, I guess, deeper into nature and be closer and even be inside of some of the parks. Obviously, with a 36-foot motorhome, you have some limitations. And we had a little bit of naivete around that, uh, thinking that we were going to pull up. And I don't know if our vision was to pull up and all of a sudden our campsite is on the side of the Grand Canyon and we've got this 36-foot <laughs> RV and it's perfect. And we're immersed in nature. And what we realized very quickly was with a 36-foot motorhome, uh, you're not going to probably do that. In fact, you know, as well as I do, and many of your listeners, we can't fit into a lot of parks out there and, uh, we, there's limited campsites at that size, but the space, we have four slides and having that space is something that we feel like we can live in versus a van. It would be more like we're living out of the van if that makes sense it does that, so yeah we, we chose this and she wanted a washer dryer and that's obviously not an option <laughs> in a van <laughs> right yeah that idea of zoned living really helps couples on the road because everybody can have their own space pretty much yeah absolutely what absolutely we, we've realized that that uh, the rv life has been a little bit of couples therapy as well it's definitely <laughs> definitely been a little bit challenging at times <laughs> indeed what attracted you to, to this idea of traveling around the country in an RV? You know, my wife and I have been entrepreneurs for my wife. She's going on 20 years. Uh, she owns a national franchise called CPA moms. And I you know me being a speaker and, 
and a, and a coach, an entrepreneur, we, we knew that we could have geographic flexibility. And we had toyed around with the idea of actually living out of Airbnbs and different places all around the world as a lifestyle that we call it kind of the, the freedom lifestyle, if you will. Meaning that we mostly, what we mean by that freedom is that geographic flexibility where you could live and work from anywhere in the world. Well, that was a dream of ours for a few years, actually. And, you know, we traveled quite a bit, but we didn't have it as a lifestyle. We still have a home in, in San Diego. And COVID happened. And it kind of put a squash to us going international. It would make it a lot more challenging. Although in my networking, interviewing of various people on the road, I actually, there are people that were even doing it during COVID and doing it now all around the world uh, very successfully. But we realized and figured out that it might be a little bit easier for us to do the similar thing, but do it in the U.S. And we said, well, if we're going to do that, why don't we just get an RV? Uh, why don't we not worry about Airbnbs? And we, we always had the romanticized version of what it would look like to be in an RV. And uh, we, we tested it out one time in November of 2020. November 2020, we decided, all right, it's my wife's birthday, I'm gonna rent an RV. We rented a 37 foot uh, Fleetwood founder. And we actually came to the very place I'm at right now, uh, Sky Valley Resort, and we, I looked for a place that had pickleball and uh, this was what came up. So we literally, Greg, our first RV experience, we drove the RV to the RV resort, we parked it and we stopped and that's <laughs> all we did. And then we drove it home back to the rental. That's all we did in our first experience. But as soon as we sat in those chairs, we looked at each other and we said, we can do this. Mm -hmm. We can do this. That's great. Yeah. That whole idea of geographic flexibility is really good, especially uh, for people who are still working, you know, if, if you're got to yes. go into a cubicle and work in an office, you can work in an RV really. And you can just yeah. move wherever you need to go. And if you're going to work at home, why not make your home an RV and get to see the country and really yeah. experience it? Yeah, absolutely. What do you like most about the experience so far? I mean, you've done this in the past for a couple of months. You tried it out, which is the smart thing to do really before jumping in. So what have you liked so far? Yeah, that's a great question, Greg. So we, we uh, just to give your listeners a little more uh, of, you know, who I am and what we've done so far, we actually uh, took the next year after that 2020 and we looked for an RV about eight months, eight to 12 months. And we did all the research and we, we figured out what we wanted. And we ended up getting this RV in July of 2021. And we had to actually fly to Ohio uh, to pick up the RV. We, we planned to get it delivered and uh, we, our, our delivery drivers fell through. I'm sure some of your listeners may, may have some experience. If you ever buy an RV out of state, it's very challenging. At least it was for us, uh, especially being from California. Yeah, there was some unique, I guess, laws or just different loopholes we had to jump through before getting our plates. We actually it took us four months to get our license plates. It was, it's kind of crazy. That's a whole nother story, but we, we get in the RV and we're in Ohio 
and we start driving and we, our first night, we literally had the, uh, had the option or the opportunity to stay at, uh, or really to go to an outdoor concert at a farm in, in Ohio. It was either that or figure out what we needed to do to find an RV spot. And we said, you know what, let's go to the concert. We'll figure out the rest later. And uh, that was an interesting first night because we ended up staying at a truck stop our very first night. We had no clue what we were doing. Uh, we, we didn't even put the slides out because we didn't really know 100% about how to do that either. We had an idea. We'd done it. We had done it with the previous rental, but, uh, but we didn't really know what we were doing. And we realized about two days into that trip back to San Diego, because we thought it was going to take four or five days, ended up taking two weeks. We, we realized that we had this expectation that our trip was going to start when we got back to San Diego and we picked up our Jeep and, and we finally take off. But we realized two days in, we're like, wait a minute, the trip already started. Like we, we're on the trip right now. Right. <laughs> Even though we're just driving back to San Diego, the trip already started. So, so yeah, lots of challenges on that and, and some funny stories of, you know, what, what we did, but ultimately the thing that, to answer your question, the thing that we really enjoy the most, uh, even during all of that, even during all of that challenge, that first two weeks, our air conditioner didn't work front. It was a heat wave in the South. And, uh, we came through, uh, Kentucky and Tennessee and Arkansas and New Mexico and Texas, and it was so hot. I literally had ice packs packed in. I was packed in like a tuna fish, Greg. I had ice packs <laughs> on the front. My wife's running ice packs. I had ice packs in the back. We bought every single fan you could have ever imagine at Walmart. Nothing worked. All the air coolers, everything. And just to get back to San Diego. But even with all of that, we had flown out there with two bags each, and that's it two bags each. And we went to Walmart, bought a couple plates. We had like two plates, two forks, very, very minimal. And what we realized on that way home, and we really realized that when we got back to our house and saw all the stuff that was waiting in our garage that was supposed to go into the RV, we realized, oh my goodness, we really don't need that much. Mm -hmm. And it actually, the thing we loved the most was that sense of freedom of not really needing a lot of things. Because we had two bags each, and that's all we needed. We got back to, back to the house, and we, we quickly uh, took about 90% of what we had ready to go into the RV, and we just set it aside. That's we sold it. We got rid of it. We did what we did. So, so that's one of the things. And then the overall just freedom of it's really the flexibility, that geographic flexibility. That's one of the other things we really love. Mm -hmm. You had mentioned on your website that you – or in the, in the blog post that you call yourself a freedom lifestyle entrepreneur. What does that mean? Yes. So really, it, it really speaks to that geographic flexibility. Uh, and also uh, being an inspirational speaker, uh, speaking on courage to overcome limiting beliefs. I feel like we all have uh, this life that we want to live, but so many of us get challenged by doubt and by fear. And freedom has many, many meetings for me. And freedom lifestyle entrepreneur also has many meetings. And one of those other meetings is to really live the life that makes you feel alive, right? What makes us feel alive? Because I feel like that's why we're here is to live a life where we truly feel alive. And one of the ways that freedom is involved in that scenario is we need to overcome 
and really free ourselves from some of our limiting beliefs and some of that doubt and that fear and have the courage to step through and into that so that we can get to the other side. So freedom for me means freedom from uh, the, the Morpheus from one of my favorite movies of all times. He says, we're prisoners of our own mind from the matrix. Yes. Uh, we're prisoners of our own mind. And he's talking about our limiting beliefs. So freedom from that. And then also just living a freedom lifestyle is, you know, not that it's all sugar plums and cherry blossoms, but having the courage to, again, live that life that makes you feel alive, whether it's playing pickleball, whether it's traveling the U.S., whether it's becoming an entrepreneur for the first time, uh, whether it's going into your boss's office and saying, you know what, I really want to uh, work from home, quote unquote, right, which would allow you to work in an RV. Uh, having the courage to do that gives you that freedom to be who you really are, the freedom to be and live a life uh, of aliveness. That's excellent. So that's what I mean by freedom lifestyle. I was looking into part of your story on your website, and there was something in there that really struck me. And I know that a lot of our viewers probably feel the same way. And they dream, and that's what causes them to dream about getting into an RV and traveling the country. You were at a conference where you realized, or somebody helped you realize that you were literally dead inside and that yeah. you needed a change. What was that all about? Oh my goodness. That was 2008. Uh, the conference was actually 2010, but it starts in 2008. Here I am. Uh, we all know what happened back in 2008, right? Similar to the coronavirus going on now. Uh, you know, in 2008, we had the financial crisis, which, which caused a lot of the same uh, results for people uh, that is in turmoil that it's causing right now. And so, you know, picture this. I'm a new entrepreneur at that time. I was a couple of years in and I, in the matter of months, lose my property, lose my business and lose my credit score. Right. So very, very challenging time. My confidence is absolutely shattered. And then I find myself in this seminar, right? And I'm actually at the microphone. I'm sharing what's going on with me. And the, and the seminar leader looks right at me in front of 200 people. And he says, Clinton, you are dead inside. And it was like a stake to my heart, right? But at the same time, it was like a stake that had fire on it and it ignited my heart. It didn't solve all my problems. I, I wasn't like cured, if you will. I didn't have clarity all of a sudden. I wasn't like, oh my goodness, my life is alive now. No, <laughs> but it woke me up to the, to the fact that I felt like my spark, my human spirit, that, that proverbial pilot light under the gas stove, we can all picture and imagine that right that proverbial pilot light that light i feel like we all have that and for me my pilot light was flickering at best greg flickering at best and in that moment i realized that i needed to reignite my human spirit i needed to reignite not ignite because it's already been ignited i needed to reignite because that baby was going out and so you know fast forward um uh, I tell you a little bit more uh, depth of this story here. Uh, I realized also soon after that, that the reason why my 
human spirit had had sort of been extinguished or was being extinguished was I'd always been somebody, and hopefully uh, this providing value to your audience members here, going a little different direction here, but I had always been somebody who followed my intuition. And this actually will speak to your listeners because many of the listeners out there, whether you're already out there work camping, or maybe you're an entrepreneur like myself working out of your RV, uh, or if you're somebody that's considering this type of lifestyle, your intuition is very important in that whole process, that whole decision-making process. And if some just so we're all on the same page, what I mean by intuition, I know many of you already know this, but it's really that it's not logical reasoning. It's that feeling. It's just a feeling that you feel and it just feels right. And what I realized at the microphone that day and then the subsequent weeks after that is I'd always been somebody that followed my intuition and it always worked out. It didn't always work out exactly how I thought, but it always worked out. And I remembered in that moment, oh my goodness, I bought these properties a few years prior to that in the boom in Southern California and really all over the country, but definitely Southern California. And I had bought them for the wrong reason. I bought them at the tail end of the boom. I bought them at the wrong time for the wrong reasons without doing all the research that I needed to do. And I realized, oh my goodness, my intuition must have failed me. Why did it let me buy these properties? Why did it not warn me? And that's why my confidence was absolutely shattered because my whole construct of how the world worked, in my opinion, you know, following your intuition, it just always worked. It didn't work. I felt like it failed me. I felt like it didn't work. So fast forward a month or two after that, Greg, and I'm out walking in nature, um, which is something I, I find to be very, very beneficial to contemplate, to really allow our minds to be quieted. I, it hit me like a Harry Potter uh, bolt of lightning right between my, my eyes. I was like, oh my goodness, my intuition didn't fail me. I failed my intuition. That's why I'm so shattered. Not because my intuition failed me, but because I failed my intuition. And a flood of memories came back to me about giving me those little insights of, wait, it's not the right time. Or wait, these aren't the right people to do business with. Or it's, you're not doing all of the, the due diligence and the legwork. You're doing this for uh, out of you know, trying to make a fast dollar. It's not the right thing to do. I got all the signs from my intuition and I did not listen. And I did not listen. And I'll tell you what, you want to cause turmoil in your life, don't listen to your intuition. <laughs> That's right. Right? So if your intuition is telling you that RV life might, might be something that could really provide a whole new window into the next version of yourself, the next best version of yourself, right? To be on purpose, to live your values, and you have fear and doubt creeping in that's allowing you to stop and not take action. I challenge anyone listening right now, if you're out there considering this, to step through that. Get around people like Greg and other people in, the, in his communities and other RV communities and find out what are they doing? Why did they do it? Listen to podcasts like this. Get other insights on people like you to build those proverbial legs under the stool, if you will, so that you can with, withstand the weight of that doubt, of that fear, of the person uh, down the road that you talk to or that you say you're thinking about doing this. One last story around this, Greg. I, I literally told someone the other day what I'm doing. And 
he literally, after being very, very, very jovial with me and smiling and telling me about himself, he asked me what I did. And I told him that I'm living full time in an RV. He literally was shocked. He took a step backwards and he did not know what to say. He was dumbfounded. So you will find people if you are new to this or getting into thinking about getting into an RV that just don't relate and just don't, can't even fathom it. But I just say, step through that. And you do that by surrounding yourself with amazing people that are already doing it. That's right. Build your confidence. Uh, Too many times we listen to the wrong voices. You know, sometimes our head tells us to jump forward and do this, to move in this adventure. And then we start listening to well-meaning friends and family who tell us, you know, this is a mistake. You know, you're going to be too far away from family. You're never going to get around. It's too expensive. You're going to be gone for forever. How will you be able to live confined in a 36-foot motorhome, blah, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. And the whole point is to change your your the people who are influencing you, the voices that you're allowing yourself to listen to by talking to the people mm-hmm. who are doing what you want to do, not the people who don't have the courage to step out and do it. Absolutely. I noticed that you would also describe yourself as a philanthropic adventure traveler. What kinds of philanthropic things do you do in an RV? So that's a great question. And this is something that uh, I'm stepping into, right? We've, my wife and I uh, do various things to give back from time to time, like many people do, but we're stepping into becoming more uh, philanthropic as a lifestyle. Uh, And I I won't sit here and say we're doing that full time, right? Uh, But one of the ways to give you an example, uh, I mentioned being a pickleball uh, enthusiast really is not strong enough word for me, but one of the things that I do is my wife and I put on an event, our organization that's uh, not a formal entity yet, but uh, it's, it's one of our DBAs. It's called Club Freedom. And uh, we put on an event where we brought together a charity, local charity in San Diego, and we partnered with them. We got a couple of sponsors in the pickleball space, and we created an event where we raised over $1,000 for this local charity, raised a bunch of awareness uh, about this charity. And we had about 20 or 30 people show up and we taught them uh, how to play pickleball. We introduced them to the many, many benefits of playing this amazing new sport, which by the way, is the fastest growing sport in the U.S. It is absolutely exploding. And it's not just for 55 plus year olds. I'm 45 and uh, there's many, many young people getting involved as well. Uh, Much like in the RV space, there's many, many young, younger people getting involved in that space as well. And so that's one of the ways that we do philanthropic uh, uh, adventure travel. Uh, th- there wasn't as much adventure in that particular example, but we basically put on a charity intro to pickleball event uh, in, you know, outside of our, uh, out of our RV at a local uh, pickleball court in San Diego. And we actually got on KUSI news uh, as part of it. So that was the first one that we did. And uh, we plan to do more of those across the U.S. as we continue to travel in our RV. So that's just one example of one of the things that, that we do that's philanthropic adventure travel. And we have grander visions as we go international to lead uh, trips to various very, very cool places around the world that people would want to go, destinations like the beach, uh, places around the world, and do things like 
play pickleball, but also do philanthropy together uh, in that local market, whether it's pickleball related or something else, and then also do adventure. So there's culture, there's adventure, there's philanthropy, and there's really uh, kind of a spiritual experience that I think happens just because of our intention to give people an experience that's going to move them, that's going to create more aliveness in their life. That's neat. All right, you've got everybody interested. What the heck is pickleball? Is that where you're taking a tennis racket and smashing <laughs> pickles at each other? Okay, so thank, thank you for asking. And it, one of the first rules to pickleball is you need to learn that it is not a racket, it is a paddle. But yes, <laughs> uh, I, have a, I have a buddy that I played with yesterday, and he's still calling it a racket. I'm like, you got to start calling it a paddle. So what is pickleball? Pickleball, again, it's the fastest growing sport. In the United States, it is absolutely blowing up. It's been around since 1965, so it's not like it's brand new. Uh, and it's been huge in the, the older, elderly community, if you will, and just the retired community, even 55. That's certainly not elderly, but the 55-plus community. Many RV parks, as you probably have seen and many of your listeners have seen, have seen this smaller than a tennis court, but looking like a tennis court type uh, outdoor or indoor court. You can fit about four pickleball courts to any one tennis court to give you a, a visual. And you play with these harder paddles, bigger than ping pong paddles, but they're hard like that, not with strings like a tennis racket. And it is the ball is a, a little bit harder than a wiffle ball, if you can picture what a wiffle ball looks like. And they're usually yellow or green, and they have many more holes than a pickleball does, or than a uh, wiffle ball does. And it's just an amazing sport. And there's a few reasons why I really encourage, strongly encourage people to check it out, uh, especially in a time where I feel like many of us are really seeking more connection and more community. Being hunkered down in this, this COVID scenario over the last few years has been really challenging for a lot of people and a lot, very challenging uh, spiritually, very challenging emotionally, psychologically, and also physically. Um, so one of the, a few of the things that I love about pickleball is that it really creates an opportunity for a solution for all those areas to uplift you, uh, uplift your emotional, your psychological and your physical fitness, and to get you around other people in a very socially distanced way, because you're about eight feet from any given person that you're playing when you're playing pickleball, it totally exploded during COVID. That's when I learned how to play it and found out about it, August 15, 2020. And uh, beyond that, again, being a uh, inspirational speaker and I'm, I'm kind of a psychology geek. I have a, a, a psych bachelor's and a, a organizational psychology master's degree. And I've been geeking out on neuroscience and motivation and what drives people for the last 15 or 20 years. So I'm not the foremost expert in the space of psychology, but I, I know more than the average person. So I tend to speak about and look at things through a psychological lens and what motivates, what drives people, what inspires people. And one of the best things that I found about pickleball soon after I started playing is I actually learned that sports psychologists uh, have proven that it actually has the power and the ability to uplift you emotionally and to create self-confidence and to improve mental performance. In fact, Brene Brown, who is a famous uh, author and lecturer uh, on the topic of vulnerability, 
she says that in all the work that she does, all the personal growth, all the development she does, all the business growth, she says pickleball is the one place where she is truly in the now, truly Mm. in the moment, in the present moment right now. So I feel like it has so many benefits. Um, You know, a lot of people are learning the benefits of mindfulness, meditation these days. It's not this kind of woo-woo thing anymore. There's a lot of benefits to that to it for just a normal common person. Well, pickleball has the ability for you to get those benefits, those mental and emotional and spiritual benefits from playing something that is totally fun. It is absolutely addicting. And here's the last thing I'll share about it, unless you have any other questions. One of the other reasons why I think it's so inspiring to play and so addicting and it's growing so fast is that, you know, as well as I do, when you do something, and you're good at it, it makes you feel good. It gives you this feeling of feeling good. So who doesn't want that in their life, right? When you're able to play a sport that's super easy to learn how to play, it's super easy on your body if you want to play recreationally. If you're going to be a tournament player like myself, it, it can take a toll on your body just like any sport. But if you want to play recreationally and get around other people that are smiling and having fun and and, and, and really getting fit at the same time it is so easy to learn how to play way easier than tennis. And it gives you this sort of endorphin rush, if you will, or this, this adrenaline rush in a really positive way. It makes you feel good. And it up levels. That's one of the reasons why it up levels your confidence because you can get pretty good at it very, very quickly. So I, like I say, I mean, who doesn't want to feel good? Go out and play some pickleball. It will absolutely, it, it has changed my life, Greg. Like it has absolutely changed my life and inspired me to share this great, I call it a tool to inspire other people to live with aliveness. That's neat. I know a lot of RV parks and resorts are installing pickleball courts and I hear or see yeah. people on Facebook who are talking about their participating in that game all the time. And so it's neat that you're out there uh, not only enjoying it, but teaching others how to do it. Yeah. Super. Have you faced any challenges on the road? Oh my goodness. Where do I start? Well, there's, there's still a button, Greg, in my RV after eight months that I still don't know what it does. The <laughs> red button on the left dash. If anyone knows, hit me up online and let me know what that button does. Uh, so yeah, challenges. Oh my goodness. One of the biggest challenges has been, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You're right. Depending on, your partnership, if you're in a relationship or uh, if you're married, if you have kids, I don't have kids currently or, or yet, I should say. Um, but, you know, every relationship is different. But I, I will say that putting yourself in a smaller home that moves on wheels is challenging. We all probably know that moving in general, even if you're moving from sticks and bricks to another sticks and bricks house, uh, it is one of the most stressful things you can do literally in your life moving. Right. So think of that, especially if you're going to move into an RV full time, it's brings a whole, it brings all of that stress. And then the fact that you're moving into kind of a studio apartment, depending on what size you get or even smaller than a studio. So with, uh, my relationship definitely has been a little bit challenging communication wise, funny story literally drive off the, the, the lot. We bought it from a private seller, not from a, 
from a, a dealer, but we drove off the, the storage lot and he had told us where to go and get gas. And literally within about 30 seconds, my wife and I were like, I thought he said left. I thought he said right. You know, the stress of driving a 36 foot RV down <laughs> a road with traffic and needing to navigate into gas stations and making sure you don't drive and hit something above you or behind you or beside you. There's a lot of stress involved. So we were, we were kind of like bickering a little bit about 30 seconds in. Now we've gotten a lot better since then. Um, but that, that literally it can, I want everyone to be realistic. It can cause some communication challenges. You have to be very respectful and, and very uh, communicative of, of what's going on because you're driving your house on wheels. Right. So that's been one of the challenges. Um, you know, there's been the, 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 every person's going to experience type challenges as well of, you know, first time we, we got the RV that we rented, we drove to the place we're at now, like I said before, and we couldn't figure out how to uh, not use the generator. And we didn't even know we didn't know. We were literally plugged, plugged in to shore power and we kept using the generator and our neighbor came over the next day and she's like, oh, what has you keep turning on the generator? I'm like, oh, we, we need it to use the microwave. And she's like, but you're plugged into the pistol. You, you shouldn't need the generator. And she comes over and she opens up the, the little hatch and she sees that we had a, a adapter from a 50 amp to a 30 amp and we were plugged into the 30 amp instead of the 50, even though we had a 50 amp cord. I didn't even know that that adapter wasn't supposed to be connected to the 50 amp, <laughs> right? So that's how, that's how new we were. Uh, and, and about five minutes later, a guy drives by and I was like, where's the sewer? I can't find it. I've been looking for 24 hours. And he comes over and he kicks the dirt. He's like, oh yeah, that black thing right there. <laughs> so we didn't even know how to do that. So we still have many, many of those things. Again, we still have a button. We don't know what the heck it does. So besides all of those challenges, the biggest one uh, has been, again, communication and, and, and really working with, with your partner. Um, beyond that, it's one word, Greg. You want to know what that word is? Communication? <laughs> it's uncertainty. Uncertainty. Okay. Uncertainty. Yeah, uncertainty. Um, you know, when you're, when you're living in an RV and especially new, like we are, there's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, there, as I mentioned in the pregame before we went live here, you know, my plan is and when we leave here in the next couple of days to go to Arizona, and then we're going to spend about a month in Texas. We have a, a pickleball tournament out there. Uh, that's the plan. But what we've realized in the first eight months going full time is that your plans can change very, very quickly when you're in an RV. There's a lot of variables. There's a lot of costs. There's a lot of newness. And so with that comes a lot of uncertainty. Whereas you live in a, in a home and let's say you have a job or even a business, you kind of have an idea of where you're going to be at noon that day or where, what you're going to be, uh, what your needs are and, and then what, what your responsibilities are. But when you're in an RV, there's a level of uncertainty that can be very disconcerting for many people, I think. But with that, it's almost like the flip side of that very same coin is this an, an amazing feeling of freedom that I talked about previously. And adventure. This freedom and adventure. It, it's the flip side of that uncertainty. 
So again, it's not all roses and it is totally, totally worth it. But there is a level of uncertainty that I would be hard pressed to see anyone not experience if they went full-time in an RV. Mm -hmm. So as long as you're, you're open to that and you, you really have the fortitude to stick to it and see that there's on the other side of that coin an amazing feeling of freedom and adventure, then, uh, then you'll, you'll be just fine. Very good. But that's, that's one of the biggest challenges we've experienced is that uncertainty. That's great advice. Is there any other advice you'd give to people who are thinking about becoming a work camper, but have not yet made that decision? You know, that's one of the things that I really want to try is work camping up in uh, Glacier National Park. Uh, we spent several weeks up there and there was a really cool KOA actually up there, uh, Campground of America that we stayed at. And we looked into potentially work camping there. Um, so I would say uh, one of the biggest pieces of advice I give anybody, anybody, is you know, a lot of us are again experiencing the, this fear and this doubt. If we have an intuition, man, that is your soul's way of telling you that that's the path. So if you have an intuition that this is for you, or if you're already doing this, you have an intuition to maybe do it a little differently or to go a little bolder, or maybe you're not full-time yet, you're just doing it seasonally and you want to go full-time. I say this, I say what the world needs right now is people who have come alive. So find that thing that makes you come alive. And maybe it's not a full-time RV. Maybe it's, maybe it's doing it seasonally, but maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it is going full-time. If that makes you feel alive and you have that intuition, then go do that. Because what makes you feel alive is, I believe, again, uh, why we're all here. It's to, it's to feel alive. So... Yeah, that's what I say is go out, have the courage to go out. And I challenge anyone listening to, to follow that intuition and to take the action and have the courage because what's on the other side is, again, it's not all roses, but what's on the other side is the next best version of yourself. And we all deserve to have that and be that. That's excellent advice, Clinton. I really appreciate that. Uh, if people wanted to touch base with you or connect with you in any way, how could they do that? Oh, thanks for asking, Greg. You know, a lot of people, when they hear me speak, some people really resonate. Some people don't. You know, you can't please everybody, but hopefully I've provided a lot of value today. And uh, some people want me to speak for their organization, whether it be their uh, Facebook group or their company or their university. Um, and if anybody feels like I could add value to uh, their, their group, uh, I would be honored and thrilled to earn their referral. Uh, and they can find me at clintonyoung.com. Uh, that is my primary website for my speaking. Uh, again, that's clintonyoung.com. But if you just want to follow me for the fun journey of our adventure across the United States and really stepping into full-time RV life, you can follow my wife and I on Instagram and on Facebook at Club Freedom Live. Uh, that's the at sign and then Club Freedom Live. Wonderful. Well, I really appreciate you sharing your story about your adventure and the truth and honesty about what challenges you faced starting out. Uh, but it hasn't dissuaded you from uh, not picking up this lifestyle and pursuing it and uh, enjoying your travel dreams. So I applaud you for that. But thank you for taking your time to share your story with us today. 
My pleasure, Greg. Thank you. I really appreciate Clinton Young for talking to us today about his career as a motivational speaker and his interesting experiences as an RVer. Clinton and his wife considered traveling in a Class B van-type motorhome in order to have more flexibility in where they could park their RV. Before buying an RV, they also contemplated traveling from one Airbnb to another since they could work anywhere. However, the couple opted for a motorhome to have even more freedom to travel wherever they wanted to go whenever they wanted to change location. A motorhome allowed them to have more space as well as a washer and dryer. He touched on a problem that is common to a lot of new RVers. They'll pick up a rig and they're so excited to hit the road, but they really don't know how to operate the RV in order to take full advantage of all the features, such as extending slides. In fact, being brand new to the RV lifestyle, they often don't even know what questions to ask. Clinton and his wife face some unique challenges like having an air conditioner conk out in the desert, but the couple also came to appreciate how liberating it can be not to be tied to a lot of stuff. I like Clinton's story about how they put a lot of things in their garage that they intended would go in their RV when they started traveling. However, after taking just one trip with minimal supplies, they returned home and set aside 90% of the things they were intending to put in their motorhome. Clinton also talked about the uncertainty that many people feel when considering the RV lifestyle. Jumping into work camping or a full-time RV lifestyle can disrupt their normal routine, which can make some people feel uncomfortable. Consequently, those folks abandon their dreams simply because they don't like the uncertainty inherent in the RV lifestyle. However, when they do that, people miss out on some tremendous experiences and the opportunity to meet new people. To read some things Clinton has written about overcoming fear or, or to connect with him, visit www.clintonyoung.com. If you have some uncertainty about jumping into the RV lifestyle or becoming a work camper, then consider joining the Dreamer's Journey. It's an online course and community produced by Work Camper News. Life is way too short to keep your dreams on hold, so don't be held back by fear because you were designed for more. Get started in the RV lifestyle the right way with this comprehensive guide. For just $29.95 for one year of access, Dreamers have unlimited viewing of 50 plus videos to learn things like what type of RV to buy, goal setting, how to budget for the adventure, developing a positive mindset, setting up a domicile, and operating a small business on the road, plus everything about work camping and how to find the right job for you. Each video is 30 to 90 minutes long to give in-depth coverage on every topic. There's no wrong time to get started, so for more information, visit www.rvdreamersjourney.com. That's all I have for this week's show. Next time, I'll speak with a man who manages a very large community park super close to the Pacific Ocean in beautiful Santa Barbara, California. He's looking for some work campers in 2023. I'll have that interview on the next episode of The Work Camper Show. Thank you for listening.